0: listening to Voices of Value, a selection of valuable insights designed to help you get more out of your professional and personal life through simple and easy-to-adopt life lessons. If you're keen to enjoy a better quality of life at work and at home, sit back and join the conversation with your hosts, Peter Kakos and Rick Rushton. Voices of Value, episode 27. Rick Rushton here
1: with my good friend, Peter Kakos. Pete, welcome back. It is great to be back, and
2: uh, gee, we've had some great ones uh, in terms of interviews over the past couple of weeks, and we're going to continue that
1: today, Rick. Well, mate, we let a milestone go by, 25 podcast interviews, now up to 27, but like, that was a pretty good milestone, I would have thought, we let it go by, but... What I've been really thrilled about the most outside of the feedback that we've been getting is we said from the start we were going to interview any voice of value, whether that be from the sporting arena, whether that be from our business background, which is real estate, obviously, Pete, or whether that be, you know, if there's a million dollar producer negotiating fees or a single mother negotiating which of her children got the last biggie in the biggie barrel. Mm. They were people we wanted to interview, and uh, we've got a lot of great interviews coming up. But certainly, you know, the last little month or so has been some high-end people. You know, Nathan Buckley, Sam Harper, Bob Wolf, Sharon Travassa. You know, we've we've just been blessed with the absolute quality of the people and the content they've delivered. Absolutely, we're all about
2: helping each other get into the best possible mindset to be the best versions of ourselves. That's always been the premise of what we've wanted to do and that's why we're leading today to a guy called Lee
1: Bundy who Rick has done some incredible things and has got an incredible story. He does and you know I was really fortunate to sort of connect with Lee during uh, the TEDx talk that we were able to do at TEDx Stocklands on the 21st of February earlier this year and uh, I didn't know him really that well but in the green room we sort of connected and uh, met his beautiful fiance and just started to chat and we've been talking um, just about every second day since then about about trying to connect and see how we can help each other. And when I sort of asked him whether or not he'd be you know, comfortable to come on our podcast, he just leapt at the opportunity, but he couldn't wait to share some of his content.
2: Mm. And some of the content we, we just recorded, and I, I can't wait to sort of launch into it now so our listeners get to listen to it. But, you know, when we talk about the, the spiritual side of things and the um, emotion, um, emotional aspect of what we do on a day-to-day basis, I love the way Lee delved into that and uh and put a different spin on it to something that we we may have heard before but this has got a new a new edge to it and i I love the way he goes about um his daily life and and Particularly Rick, the way he goes about helping others.
1: Absolutely, and so his t- story very quickly is that you know he has uh, like a lot of children growing up, he was bullied partly because of the fact that he was actually deaf. He didn't know how to actually hear his own voice, so he couldn't speak as properly as maybe most sort of kids growing up. So he he got picked on and bullied from that. Once he realised that that was a challenge, he fixed it up. He got bullied in his professional career as a Sparky when he went through his sort of apprenticeship. He even got bullied in the corporate world. Now when you when you meet Lee and you look at him, he is a Big strapping individual, you think he should be on a, he should be secured on a on a nightclub doorway, mate. I'm yeah. telling you, thinking how does this guy get bullied? But you know, the reality is he's realised very very quickly that uh, his physical presence is not his, you know, mindful presence, and that's what he's really big on. So he's known as one of Australia's leading collective awareness and change facilitators, and he works around the four pillars of flow, which brings awareness to what is stopping or blocking any individual Pete from achieving their very very best. So I think there's a lot of content. Here and I'm, I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy the next few minutes of this interview.
2: So get your journals ready because he, he shares a lot of names. shares he a does. lot about his, uh, his his growth experience and his growth uh, trajectory through life. And uh, there's some wonderful things he's going to share. So please enjoy Lee Bundy. Lee, I think it'd be great to start with a little bit about Beast Mode International and what how it was formed and um, and a little bit of background on you.
3: Yeah. So, um, really, firstly, in my journey in a nutshell, and what I um, what I shared on, on my TED talk, I was you know, I was born um, partially deaf, I only a twenty percent hearing. So I was really behind the eight ball, dealing with bullying um, because I spoke funny. Um, you know, because I couldn't hear my own. You know, I couldn't couldn't hear my own voice. So I had a lot of diversity in living beliefs that were put upon me being a young child. Um, you know, fast forwarding that the way I really started to find myself instead of not, you know, uh, say becoming surrendering to the identity that I was deaf. I didn't want to hear the hearing aids. Um, you know, and I wasn't invited to any, uh, around when I was a young boy to a lot of social events or, you know, I wasn't even picked, like, you know, you see the movies and you got that, the person picked at the end, that was me, but I wasn't even picked at all. So that can build up a lot of limiting beliefs and layers. So through that process, I applied myself to sport and I, I played college basketball over in the States, played high level football, um, actually, a couple of games at um, Williamstown Seagulls, which is now the reserve. So I'm a one eye Collingwood supporter. I think that's why me and Nick get along. <laughs> and my, you know, <laughs> One of the many
1: reasons, brother. One of the many reasons.
3: <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. You're a gentleman. And um, so through that, if I fast forward, I always knew that, um, you know, with, when, I, when I was just talking to a person now about, you know, they said, "Why? Why did you like? Where did you find this this ability in you?" And I go, "I always wanted to lead people, not because of, I oh, look at me, but I always knew and I saw, um, I saw influence in in people, but more important, I saw potential in in the, in the individual more than they could see themselves." And through my journey, I lost my way a few times, getting involved with, um, you know, some uh, let's say different social identities and gangs because I thought that was the way I would fit in because I was bullied. Um, especially when I was five, I was bullied when I did my um, adult apprenticeship, um, when I was 25. Um, but then I become the bully myself because when I was five, I just put up with it and then I applied myself to my sport because, you know, when you lose one sense, you gain another. And I just become obsessed with my sporting career and my training. Um, and through, through this journey of losing myself, um, really, you know, because society has a very heavy weight on you, um, you need to be this person, if you're not this, you know, if you're not this sports style, if you don't have this money, if you don't look like this, then unfortunately there's the tall poppy syndrome, which is quite relevant in Australia. Um, and one thing that I, you know, what I've seen back in Melbourne, and, and it's, not, it's not in all uh, industries, but it's almost this show, show bag syndrome that you see people driving the nice cars that they rent. Uh, you say, oh, I know this footballer, I know this person, I know that, but it, where, where's the structure in, you know, where's that coming, you know, where, where's that coming from? And as we all know, that suicide is at an extremely high rate between men of 15 to 44. Um, and, you know, and, and I've wanted to become an advocate because in my journey of um, and where Beast Mode International come from it was where I've I've attempted to take my life um, through that period of being bullied three times. And, you know, obviously I didn't do a good job of it, Um, but it's being able to say to people that, look, I've gone through hell and back. Yes. I've studied. Yes. um, You know, I've, I've put a lot of money into my education, but I've been through hell and I've gotten myself out of that. So I wanted to do something different where, you know, at one stage um, of my life, I was being, I was doing electrical, I was being an electrician. Why I say being an electrician? Because I was, I was almost like I was forcing myself to do it. Like I didn't, like when I say be an electrician, I wasn't an electrician and I don't wanted to be that. I didn't want to be known for that. So through, through that period of me losing myself in a lot of different parts of society, um, I came, I came to a conclusion that me being this big guy, six foot three, tattoos, um, riding around on motorbikes, and you know being around these other people that were quite insecure and broken as well, that wasn't masculine energy at all. I thought it was. I thought that was, you know, look at me and you're gonna, you, you know, I'm going, I'm going to demand you. I'm going to force you to respect me, so to speak. And it didn't, you know, that that um, didn't end up uh, a very uh, good choice um, in in many different um, you know perspectives. So I really needed to have time to, you know, I wanted to be around people that seem to have their, um, you know, seem to have their their life together. And what I mean by that is people that. I, you know, when you be around people, or like, you know, even when I met Rick, like organically you feel better. You, you be around people. It was like the, the caliber of people at the TED Talk and other events that I've been. You just go, wow, you know, I want to be around these people more. Um, and and through, through my discovery of myself, I, I was um, introduced uh, to neurolinguistics programming through um, Jamie McIntyre. Then there was Ted James who facilitates it all over the world. Um, there was Paul um, Davies, who ran a breakthrough academy where I got qualified from, and they, you know, and the reason why I wanted to go down that path because I really found that I had a destructive behaviour. That you know there was all this pressure on me from the outside. Oh, you know, you need to be like this. Okay, you're involved and meet with these people. Oh, look at me, look at me. And it was I was really lost. It was like I was putting a lot of energy out, and you know, like sort of screaming from the inside out. You know, I'm this person. You know, I demand you to respect me. But I was actually a broken little, lost little boy. Um, and until I discovered part of my purpose of Beast Mode International was that I, when I lost myself through through you know through 20 25 into early 30s, um, I, I wanted to I wanted to give back because I was sitting down one day. And and I started to connect and speak with people, and there were a lot of men out there that were in their wrong energy, in their wrong polarity. And what that means is they they seem to be these men that had their you know had their stuff together, um, you know, and, and it was all walks of life and sporting you know even professional sporting um, uh, identities, and but they were they were really broken inside. They were coming from an unhealthy feminine energy. They they looked this to be this big opposing person. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. I'm, and I thought, well, you know what, I've been through hell and back, you know, i not many people have been as low as I've been and I'm doing some really good things. Like I'm, i can actually, my qualification is my life story. So I started, um, and to just to fast forward that a little bit, I got a chance to bodyguard Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, everyone knows who that is, of course. Yep. And he was at a, he was at a financial summit with Jamie McIntyre at the um, exhibition building. And I, my job was to follow him around when people take photos to move them on. And then I got to obviously usher him in the green room. And he, I remember he said to me, um, at one stage, cause I was there and you know, I was starstruck and I was all red faced and you know, Oh my God, it's Arnold. Um, but, he, but, but he was, he was so, so open and warm. And, and he said, he goes, you know, I won't, I won't do the, um, I won't put his voice on cause I actually sound like Sylvester Stallone and not Arnold when I imitate him. <laughs> and, and and he goes young he goes young man. So what do you do? And I go, what do you mean? What ought I do? Because I can tell this is not what you do. And I said, oh look, um, you know, I'm looking at. I really want to help men through through my life journey and um through where I've been and I've you know I explain where I've been and where I want to go. And he goes, wow, that's 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 pretty impressive. And then he, and then he quickly told me his story about what that was the first time I've heard it, but now I've heard it many times because it was the first time he got on stage and I have read his book that when he was in Austria. You know, you used to see these magazines of these big bodybuilders like Larry Scott and these other men and Hercules. And he's like, wow, I want to be like that. And everyone said, Arnold, you know, you're just going to be a builder. You're going to be a farmer and a builder like your dad. Just stay in Austria. And, you know, and he went against the grain and he became one of the best bodybuilders of all time. Then he went to America and he's like, wow, well, these are some big men here. And, you know, then he trained with the best. And then he, you know, obviously become the biggest and best, one of the best bodybuilders, um, you know, met, known, known to the world. But then it was what he wanted to do, he, he kept wanting to grow and he said that, well, people uh, wanted to become an actor because he goes, look at these actors, they're treated like um, superstars and the money and the women that came with it. And then, you know, he said that that people would say, Arnold, but your accent, you know, no one's going to, you know, no one's going to <laughs> take you on because of your accent. And it came to a point where uh, what made him famous, you know, I'll be back. And that, that's, that's what made him most famous. So the story of the line, he said to me, which stuck with me, which was the birth of Beast Mode International, was don't listen to what anyone says. Go against the grain because there are too many followers in the world. And obviously social media at this time wasn't really so big about followers and Instagram and Facebook and all that. But he said, you do you and the world will catch up. Mm. And, and, I, and I said to him, and he said this thing to me, it was really, it touched my heart. Even thinking about it now, I get emotional because Rick, you'd understand this as well. With NLP, we were collapsing anchors, and yeah. one of my, uh, yeah, one of my, when you collapse anchors, my anchor was procrastination, and obviously there was almost even even worse than that was the suicide thoughts. But my ultimate unstoppable anchor, when I stacked it, was a championship anchor, but it was actually called beast mode. And I, I look at my book, you know, from all those years ago. I think I, I think it was twelve years ago. And that's where the name Beast Mode International come because allowing when I got myself into my empowering state, I felt unstoppable. Mm -hmm. I felt like I could do anything. And that's what I wanted to share with the men. You know, first there was Beast Mode Australia and then International come when I started coaching men internationally.
1: That's amazing, mate. And, you know, just so you know, and I think I shared this with you, but Pete and I have had the great fortune of doing a lot of Tony Robbins sessions both in Australia, overseas, Mastery University. And obviously, if there's anyone who's been more high profile of using... (laughs) Thank you. The <laughs> cat NLP in not just business but in life then Tony Robbins, we're yet to meet meet him so um, yeah, that's a, an amazing wow. sort of story and, and Robbins used to say quite powerfully that the most powerful force in the universe is to stay identical with the identity we set for ourselves and so that's why he talked oh, about the that. fact that you know your law of association is important, the identity you set for yourself is important and we'll actually bring yep. all our behaviours in to match that and you know, when I first met you and you could tell that you were a very strong, powerful, built man but you actually had a very open heart and a very open eye set to sort of say uh, even though you know I'm not quite uh, you know able to look at you in the eye you actually got to my level very very quickly and I got to your level very very quickly mm-hmm. I think and and it just goes to show that you you know you can actually you know people aren't their behaviors you can shift through you can sort of form a connection and you know we're so grateful that you've sort of had that opportunity to identify the dark wolf in you you've also identified the, the you know the, the white wolf and, and it's the one you feed the most and you, you're obviously doing that now so uh, and now you've got the ability to take your life lessons Lee and share them not just with uh, people you meet like complete strangers but you're doing some fairly high-end corporate retreats you're taking people across the bar you've done it nearly 30 I think you're going to be doing it next month for the 30th time with you and your beautiful fiancee who I got to meet as well and yeah, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. sort of uh, intrigued to know what what does that look like when you take people away. What because uh, you and I both know there's a lot of executives, high end executives. They're high functioning, but they're also mm-hmm. high high addicts in substance abuses and other challenges. And as you say, they, they might on the you know, nine to five look like they're conquering the world, and at, you know between twelve and two AM they're thinking, how do I end my world? So you know, what are you doing with these people over in in Bali to get them sort of rewired, reprogrammed, and more importantly to a better version of themselves?
3: Yeah, it's um, it's something that uh, again the process because a lot of people have asked me. They go, you know, obviously there's a lot of retreats. I moved over to Bali um, four years ago because I, I wanted to get away from there were there were anchors in Melbourne. Like what they mean is like you know memories and um you know distractions, and I wanted to get away. I wanted to reinvent myself. But one one of the things where you was really passionate with me that, you know, with these retreats they, they evolved as I evolved because they first started off with, you know, just men and, you know, okay, let's bang on our chest the masculine energy and it's, you know, it's very hardcore. We did CrossFit and we did bodybuilding not bodybuilding, we did um um kickboxing. And it was, you know, it was quite, you know, like sort of what like you go in there like the Marines. And I remember <laughs> I based it on um, a friend of mine that I met um, at the Crown Casino. He was, a, he was one of these commandos that trained the uh, special operations, the SAS in Adelaide. Yeah. And I did a lot of, um, the, I got the mindset through that. And look, well, that was good for the time um, and, you know, bringing the people through. But the one thing, you want to think even just quickly, and I'll add as well, one thing I've learned with this as well, not everyone, especially being a leader and a coach, not everyone is at our level. And I used to want the best for people, and it was almost that I was dragging people up instead of, you know, allowing them to come up themselves. Mm. And it almost be- it almost become a force, like you know, a force force. You know, you're not the- and and I forgot that people aren't at my level yet. Yeah. So what I had to do was. I had to rejig the whole process of the energy instead of allowing, and this is where I'll flow um, come into it. Towards the end of um, you know, flows being you know, in, I started the ultimate flow experience two years ago, and I've been running these retreats for almost twelve years. Oh, sorry, for four years by doing what my process for twelve years. That you know, I've run. 30 retreats but in in the mix of it it's been some of the retreats have been basically the men's energy and it's it's the masculine energy and becoming that leader and the leader of men and, and and having that to take home and being able to have your internal drive as your identity But then also throughout these retreats, a lot of ladies contacted me and they said, look Lee, I don't, you know, I want I want someone, a coach to sort of, you know, kick my backside a little bit. I don't want the fluffy, oh look, I'm conscious and I'm this and let's, you know, hook arms and sing kumbaya. I need someone (laughs) to tell me what I need to know. And, it was um, And that was, that was like, well, can I, can I help women? Because I had a, li- a huge limiting belief that I thought that I couldn't help women because I've never been a woman. But it wasn't me pretending to know what women are going through. It was me giving an outside perspective you know, as a male to see a lot of women these days are getting into their masculine, you know, the lady bosses and boss babes and all these, these solo entrepreneurs that are going kicking ass. But unfortunately, there's this massive discrepancy. There's a lot of men in there feminine that are wheeling away, and a lot of these women are single. And you know, you're seeing this huge discrepancy. So that that was a very big um, that was a very big um, genre or, or an industry there where it was great to have the women, you know, the men and the women, and, and I had to adapt to that as well. And then even through that process, I, you know, I went to one of my coaches um, that I used to work with, Davin Michaels, who's based over in um, Vegas, and I met my now coach, Bajal Pamir. And he said, and there was a lot of other very um, – you know, a lot more successful and influential um, entrepreneurs, business people that were at this mastermind in Vegas. And, 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 you know, Davin, he lives right on the Strip. If you've ever been to Vegas, um, he's just behind the, I think it's the Wynn Hotel at the end of the Strip. Yep. And, um, you know, it was, it was quite surreal being there. And the reason why I tell the story is because through, through the, you know, the when you were saying about there's a lot of corporate people. There's a lot of high-end people that, are, they, you know, there's a lot asked for them. I, I spent time with these other CEOs who were these, mil, you know, multi-million um, dollar, like they're running these multi-million dollar companies and they, you know, they were telling me they, they had 15,000 staff, but they were so highly wired that they felt like they were going to crash. So I came up with a concept and I did, I did a bit of a mastermind with uh, Davin and and, Bajal and we're sitting there. And they said, look, I want, you to, I want you to speak to 10 of your top clients and what did they experience, you know, what were they experience before they met you and then what did they experience afterwards? And some of them actually said the word flow. Some of them said I was going in circles, feeling burnt out, but you gave me direction. So I come up with that. And at the same time as, you know, when the universe um, froze ideas or froze people in your path, you would have heard of Stephen Cutler, Stephen yep. C O. So um, K O T L E R, and he was doing a talk at um, at Google, and he was telling me and like sorry I was I was watching it and obviously he was telling the audience and obviously telling me because I'm, I'm I was part of the audience as well that he was talking about the flow state, and he was and he was talking about when he um you know he had uh, this disease called Lyme where he couldn't get himself off the couch. Long story short he got into flow state, he started healing and he's never looked back and then he's created this business called the, the, the flow gene project. And, you know, then he's written the books. Um, and I went, wow, because then when I went back to speak to these other CEOs and I was just listening to them, but I was, I was there as a friend, but then at one stage I started coaching them and, and they said to me, they go, I need you all my life. And even from that, even from that day, I've seen these – I'm talking about these CEOs that are running, you know, exporting, um, importing businesses and these huge um, businesses that there was a huge market of being able to go into these corporate professional, as some people call them, these high-end um, industries and organizations, and, 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 and unfortunately, like, I would go into, like, some companies now – and it was like you know if you drop on the table um, opposing magnets, it's just the energy and they can't they can't come back together. Mm. I, I I saw that sort of energy in these um you know in these corporations, but more importantly in, in the minds of these high end um you know these CEOs, founders, and these people at the top of the food chain. What are some of the things?
2: And and I love the word flow. And Rick and I <laughs> were talking about this during the week. I just think when you're in the flow, you're in that zone. Um, magic happens yeah. well and truly. What uh, what is awesome. this, uh, What would be some of the really quick little tips that you would give for someone to move, you know, from stuck into flow or from force into flow?
3: Awesome. Good, good question. Um, I, I, I actually asked myself this this morning. So we need to be conscious. Instead of being in autopilot, like getting up and then, you know, being in response mode, our phones and, you know, our, our, our roles, if you do have a job or you're running the business and emails – I, I want to, I ask myself in every moment, how am I feeling? You know, because we sort of have an idea, oh, I'm feeling great, but are you really? And I ask myself in every moment, am I, how I'm feeling now, is it empowering me, serving me for, to, for me to achieve my desired outcomes? Because I will have not a to do list, but a result creator where I would set up the night before. So when I get up, I know, you know, I'll do my, um, it's like success priming as well. So wh- how I know that I'm going to get into flow straight away, I firstly will say, again, I'll be aware of how I'm feeling. I will set my intention, and this is something new that I'm just doing. I'm not going to say, oh, I'll do it always. This is something new. And I did a video the other day on it. Everything that I do, don't just do the physical activity. I will set my intention of what do I want to get out of even, you know, even this phone call, the interview? What do I want to get out of connecting with my clients? It's not just, okay, you know, close a client or do the interview. It's like, what, you know, what do I want to get out of it? How do I want to be expressed? How do I want to be experienced? And that automatically builds up an emotional connection and an internal representation of who you want to be. And you can feel that because that's when the momentum starts. Mm. I, also, I also, you know, a little bit of a, a biohack as well. I will drop out of my head, and this is more of I learned this in Matrix Energetics, but, you know, it, anyone can do it in meditation. And sometimes when we're in our head, it's that shh it's that scatter, it's that distraction. And I, I know if I'm in, if I drop down my, so like a meditation that I do, I see myself, you know, descending into my heart space. So it's not my actual physical heart pumping the blood. It's my energy of my heart. Um, it's, it's called heart centered awareness. And I know when I'm in my heart, I'm experienced and heard from my heart because I can be, um, like Rick said, I'm a pretty big guy. I can be a little bit dominant sometimes, you know, you know, a bit too much from people. And when I'm in the heart, and what Rick experienced, which you know, that's why I really connected with him. You know, yeah, there's the facade, but then it's like, hold on, I can. There's more behind that. Mm. Um, I know when I, if I'm in my head, and I'm, you know, and someone said something, or something hasn't gone right, and I know definitely I'm not in my flow with that. So it's being consciously connecting with my feelings. Then obviously dropping myself into my heart center, setting the intention before every activity, um, and then and then actually commanding myself, how do I want to feel in this moment, or how do I need to feel in this moment for me to achieve um, my goals easy and effortless.
1: Mm, that's great,
2: Lee. Going back, you were look. It sounds like you're in some pretty dark places uh, at a time in your yeah. life. What's it like to look back on that now? And do you often look back on it and and how you manage to sort of turn yourself around?
3: Oh, another good question. It's um, it really took me a long time to, because you know we can live in the past, and then that's that's the downward spiral, of some people call depression and the negative emotion. And I remember I used to almost I have anxiety every time I thought about that, and but now, and this is a gift that probably you know, one of the biggest gifts that we can share with the audience, the audience is that. You know, it doesn't matter how many gurus or how many coaches and experts say, you know what, you just look at the past and disassociate. Because a lot of people don't, they don't look at the lessons and the greatest gifts and how the past has been your greatest lesson. And they they want to oh, get distracted. I'm going to get distracted. I'm going to get busy and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to get on drugs and alcohol. And But they, if they haven't actually healed from the past, it's going to be a ball and chain for the rest of their lives. Mm. And I look at the past as my biggest, as my biggest, um, you can almost say serve it in a way because it served me to who I am today. Yep. Um, and, it, and I'll be honest with you, with you gentlemen, it took me a long time to really believe that maybe from the outside, I looked at, yeah, you know, he, this guy's got his shit together. But there was times when I would, you know, crumble and, you yep. know, I think about, oh, I could have done this better. And I'll be honest as well that I said to my fiance, um, Jaboa, obviously Ricky Meadow, and yep. I was sitting there on a balcony and I, and I said, you know, and I started crying and she said, she goes, what's wrong? You know, and, and I'm, I'm very open with my emotions. It probably doesn't look like it from the outside. <laughs> and, 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 I, and, and I said to her, I go, look, I'm 38 and, you know, and you, you deserve more. And she goes, what do you mean? She, I go, you know, I, I've, I've had all this stuff in my past and I've lost. And she goes, don't, don't go there. She goes, yeah, look, you've had the money and yeah, you had this and you had that and, you know, you have property and all the rest of it, but that doesn't mean anything so it was almost that I was going back to the past and I self-sabotaged myself. But then I snapped myself out and I go, hold on a minute, I'm exactly where I needed to be, and I need to keep remembering. It doesn't matter, you know, even where I'm going and you know where I've been in the present or whatever. That I need to look at the past as a gift, and you know that's my probably my most powerful qualification, mm-hmm. and and I'm really strong with it. Some people say to me, how can you, how can you help me? And I say, well, I can show you all my pieces of paper that mean nothing. You know, I remember that to bite my tongue then. And then, you know, oh, I can, I can tell you my life story.
1: Mm. And I think what we all know is is that, you know, some of the best gifts in life come poorly wrapped. But, you know, once you unwrap them mm. and you live through them and experience what you get when you don't get the results you wanted, then you're in a, a really strong space. Pete? It's
2: also great that you, you talk about the past, but you don't live in the past mm. and you, you identify, yeah. you know, the, the key learnings and so forth. You know, I went through some pretty um, – uh, pretty dark times some time ago now, and it's it, it's interesting that there's not one. And I guess the real frustration comes from there's not one quick fix, there's mm. not one quick pill that you're going to take uh, yeah. that's going to solve everything. It was it was book after book, it was lesson after lesson, it was a a um, mm. a, a motivational talk after a motivation. It was a series of things that end up making the yep. difference, and that's and that's got to be part of the uh, of your belief mechanism. Uh, that that uh, everything's going to be all right, and, and just believing that you're on the right track. So I think what you're doing in terms of, uh, in terms of the the Bali retreat, and, and the learnings that you're providing others, it it, it does show a way, and it's this it's that belief that you're on the right path and that everything's mm-hmm. going to be okay. And I think that's what it really, what it comes down to as well, that everything's going to be okay.
1: And I think the other thing there, Lee, 100%. If, and the other thing there, Lee, is that, you know, when people look at you, when they look at Peter, when they look at a lot of the people we've interviewed in this series thus far, mm-hmm. They go, well, how can these people have any issues? I mean, he's an Adonis. He obviously, you know, he's a strong, strapping, good-looking bloke or, you know, he's he's got mm-hmm. lots of energy or she's got, you know, she's a she's an elite netballer who's gone across to a different uh, challenge in life in AFLW and how could she possibly have any self-doubt? Well, the reality is people aren't always, as we talked about earlier in this interview and we spoke about last week with Sharni Layton. People aren't always their behaviours. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes what they're doing is 100%. that's how they're dealing with it. That's how they're maybe masking their pain to a degree. And so if there's one thing we're getting out of this series from, you know, uh, a regular cross-section of high achievers is, is that there is some negativity that's driven that success and we have to be aware of that all the mm-hmm. time.
2: Mm. Lee, how do you start your day? Spot on. always fascinated with people like you who um, have got such a, a positive outlook and, and you know, and, and again, getting to your point, Rick, uh, you could look from the outside looking in and say, "Oh, it's probably easy for this guy. He's just he's just <laughs> able to turn it on and turn it off, and all he that just, sort of stuff." He just
1: bench presses. He, uh, but clearly, what you said earlier is, you live your life by yeah. uh, by design and by outcomes, not an intention, not by uh, accident or process of you know just going through the 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 absolute sort of you know comfort zone. You, so
2: there's going to be there's going to be some yep.
1: days where you wake up, you just
2: don't feel like it, or it's just you're not you're not mm-hmm. on, and so forth. What, what, what are you doing? You turn yourself around and, and, and particularly, as I said, what are you doing to, to really making sure that you get, I know mm-hmm. you were talking about the results created, I love that in the evening before, but how's a typical yep. day start for Lee Bundy?
3: Yeah, I'm, my morning rituals, I changed the word from routine to rituals because that's what changed me. And that, honestly, that's what saved me is like, it doesn't matter through life. There's always going to be challenges, um, you know, and even with my, with my journey, there's been some massive roadblocks, like, and I'm, I'm talking big roadblocks that were even probably bigger than they were, than, than, you know, what I explained to you. But because I know the tools there, I didn't go down that dark, dark, dark path. Um, the morning routines are so, so vital. And I know when I don't, when I don't do it, I'm off my game. Um, like any high achiever in business mindset you know in sport that and you know I love to study and you guys w- would be doing it as well I love to study brilliance and excellence and like, like you know who's the best of the best and they've all got empowering uh, rituals and routines so True mind, I like to customize it and I'm taking little bits and pieces of what will work well with me. Um, most days I'll get up and do the 5 a.m. club. And um, the reason why I get up at 5 a.m. because what I was being taught by my spiritual teachers over in Bali that most people are asleep. And when, when there's more people up, they become batteries, zapping the energy out of the universe. So if you want to take advantage of your manifestation and you know the, the collective consciousness and you know as they say, the matrix, the energy around us, get up at 5 a.m. and, you know, get get in first, so to speak. Um, then I would do a process of call 26 2020. It's similar to um, Robin, um, I think it's Samir or Shamra. He talks about twenty twenty twenty. So I, I put the thing, a thing, a process together called success priming, which primes you for success where it, it's a little bit hard to explain, but – you know, it's almost like you're going into a battle with um, Mike Tyson. You know, you're getting warmed up. You're doing the slapping of the body. Um, what it is, it's not like the tapping. You know how people will tap on the energy in Meridian Grids to give you that, you know, to align you. But I'm talking about to a point, if we're talking about um, the physiology, when you slap, the blood comes to the surface and it gives you that sort of vibrational feel. But I'm talking about getting your vibration up because, you know, if we if you break us down to a very cellular level, we're all, we're, we're, you know, it's proven that we're light and we're vibration. So being able to get your vibration up by, you know, obviously moving the body in a way, shaking it out, um, getting yourself so warmed up. And then um, it's, it's, I I have a, um, it's like epic music, a song that I connect to. Uh, I'll, I'll give you guys, because if I say a detail, it's hard to explain, but so does, um so the um, audience understand what I'm talking about, I move my body in such a way that I bring my vibration up so high because what I learned, when you're at that high vibration, the more more motion, the more emotion. So the more that you're moving, the more that you're going to be, you're going to feel what you're visualizing. And then what I will do in all my life categories, my health, my wealth, my contribution, my family, my legacy, um, self-worth, appreciation, passion and purpose and spiritual awakening, I'll spend two to three minutes visualizing, and I can do it now. So, um, so uh, let's say, so available with my eyes open, and I'm moving my body, but I can still be so con- like so concentrating on it. Yeah, you know, I'm slapping the body, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm dripping with sweat. I look like a crazy man. I have to show you guys the video one day <laughs> so you can know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I will, I will, I will actually. The thing what I've really found, uh, i have been doing a little bit of. Um, uh, not work with, but I've been doing a lot of study, um, watching a lot of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza stuff. I um, you know, I'm sure you guys would know who he is, and for the listeners, he's just amazing. He makes a lot of this, a lot of sense, and he talked about meditation of being becoming familiar with. So when I'm doing my success priming in the morning, I'm I'm, I'm taking myself out for just say I'm I'm connecting with my with my health goal. I'm connecting myself and being the consciousness. So how am I consciously needing to operate to achieve that goal? Then the knowing. The knowing is: Am I on the right path? Am I actually getting the results? Because you know, you want to be a conscious creator. If you're not getting the results, then you need to rejig something. Then the attraction energy. How do I need to keep my my vibrational energy so I keep my keep myself aligned to my attraction energy? Mm. Um, then I talk about the identity. What identity do I need to be to achieve that? And then what a livable action am I taking every day? I have found that to be so accurate because yeah, we can go in affirmations. I'm powerful. I'm amazing. I'm unstoppable. But half of us is not believing it. <laughs> yeah,
1: so, that's right. So They're that's just true. words, aren't they? I mean, if you don't, as you say, Lee, if you don't back it up with emotion, it's not going to so you know flow into motion for you. And so you're obviously getting up. You're getting yourself going with intent. You're very yep. clear on what your outcomes are. You're very driven to achieve mm-hmm. them. But you're going from a space of how do I give and how do I be a servant, not how do I get and, and how do I improve myself by. <laughs> getting from every relationship Perfect. you go in there to get it uh no you go in there to give it that's that's what i know about you and in your your work thus far you've been uh, you know very well documented in a lot of areas of your life you've just completed a tedx talk which uh, should go live some stage uh, towards the middle of 2019 and i'm going to Absolutely, strongly suggest that every single one of our listening audience do sort of try and connect with uh, with Lee. If not through that, then certainly you can get in touch with him through all the usual Ws and it's Mm ultimateflowexperience.com. And you can check out Lee. You can connect with him there. You can find out more about his uh, flow experience, the four pillars there. You're hearing a man here who hasn't let his past dictate his future. He doesn't choose to live there. He can't go back and make a new beginning, but he's starting now, making a much better ending, and that's his real passion. if he can help you, as he, I know he can, as I know he can, then you might want to connect with him through that particular opportunity that we just said there, Pete. I think it's been a, a, a oh, very been enlightening interview. Yeah.
2: yeah, look, it's been fascinating. It's um, it's taking a different spin on things as well, and uh, you know, just just a little tidbit there of reaffirmations and so forth. It's so true, and everyone goes, oh say this, mm-hmm. just say it like this. And but if you don't have that belief behind it. Uh, it's just going yep. to be white noise, isn't it? It's yeah, going to be words. But Lee, you put incredible amounts yeah. of in, into passion in what you do, but but more importantly, is you've shared some amazing things and helped people along their journey of this beautiful thing called life. And I think from that, as um, you know, we say, thank you and thanks for sharing with our listeners as well.
3: Not a problem. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, you know, and that's and that's really what I'm looking at. It. it I like to live through the experience and then talk from the heart me and authentically about it and you know thank you for giving me the opportunity to um obviously share it with you guys and, and everyone that's going to be listening so thank you
1: pleasure buddy all the best and safe travels to bali but we'll chat before then for sure
3: yes you too guys have a great day thanks mate
0: trust you enjoyed listening to Voices of Value, a shared conversation between Rick Rushton and Peter Kakos. Their views are not necessarily those of the wider world, but they should be. If you're keen to enhance the quality of your life even further in the future, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast source. Our website is VoicesOfValuePodcast.com and we welcome both your feedback and ratings on the content we provide. Join the conversation again next week when Peter and Rick continue the search for truth, justice and the value-added way.